You are listening to the Phoebe's podcast and my name is Sylvia Maral. To know more about Phoebe's, visit our web at www.phoebe's.org and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned. Hello and welcome to this episode that I have the pleasure to share with Christian von Berg, economist for Northern Europe, region and Belgium at COFAS. Thanks for being with us, Christian. Yeah, thank you, Sylvia. And great to yeah, at least hear you and see you and uh, maybe you also in the future see again the great people from Phoebus. <laughs> thank you. It will be a pleasure to count on your presence again. Well, Christian, we are here today to talk about a little bit different stuff. And I must say, there are not many dull days in the life of an economist lately, are there? Oh, my God. Yeah, um, I can completely confirm that. <laughs> uh, you think that there could be one uh, spring in the last years where not a big thing is happening. Yeah, um, not happening again uh, this year. So, yes, we are again very, very busy. But, hey, at least nobody has died because of it yet. So that's that's a good point. Already an improvement, indeed. <laughs> well, but let's a little bit look at what we have on the table. Three U.S. banks fail. Mm. Credit Suisse taken over in extremis. And Deutsche Bank shares plummet. What is going on, Christiane? How did we get here? Yeah, uh, how much time do we have for this? <laughs> as long as you want, as you know. Okay, okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe we have to to differentiate here a little bit because um, you mentioned three different aspects. Um, the US banks, Credit Suisse and Deutsche Bank. And believe it or not, these are three different reasons. So let's start with the US where everything started. Um, in the US, we have some kind of a problem. We have here um, some medium-sized banks who are very much uh, focused on startups, which is the case for the Silicon Valley Bank, but also uh, the Signature Bank and the First Republic, uh, which went yeah, more or less bankrupt or had to be saved too. So we have these three banks um, here and, of course, also others who are more or less in trouble. Um, they have two different aspects here. First of all, they are very concentrated, again, on the fintechs or uh, on startups. And um, these startups had very or a lot of short-term uh, loans. And as the interest rates increased, more and more loans um, could not be paid back. So that's already a problem for a bank. if the, the loans that you gave out will not be paid back with, of course, interest rates. That's the normal, um, yeah, the, the bread and butter business of every bank. Okay, this is the one side. The other side is, of course, um, that uh, when you have deposits of a lot of companies, you can either take the money and give it out as a loan or you can invest it by yourself. And these investments were done in very long-term papers. Um, the problem is long-term papers had a specific interest rate. And now that the interest rates are increasing, the value of these papers decreased. 
not so good, but still okay, as long as nobody's taking out your deposits. But if these uh, startups have the problem that they have liquidity issues more and more and take away their deposits, then you have out of the sudden to sell your long-term investments with a lower value then. And um, that brings you by yourself into liquidity problems. And that's what happened with uh, the SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank. Um, I have to say here that normally there are quite strong bank regulations who prevent you from getting here into troubles because uh, they said you need a specific equity share or other measures to prevent that you get in trouble if out of the sudden everybody's coming and taking out their deposits. Um, this is not the case so much for these banks. Um, also a reason because uh, the regulation was in place, but then um, this bank and others went to the administration of Donald Trump, said, hey, we want to make more business and decrease our, um, our regulation rules. And he said, yeah, sure, okay. And that's also an aspect here. So more or less a perfect storm for these banks, given also the fact that the risk management of these banks has apparently completely, yeah, slept over. I mean, guys, these interest rates increases is nothing that just came out uh, of surprise. This is a development that we saw in the last year. So you could have done something right in advance when you saw it, but they didn't do anything. And that break their neck or their neck actually um, in this case. So that's that's the case of the US banks. Uh, and also what is coming here into, into account is then the psychological effect of some kind of bank run because um, we have in Europe a deposit insurance, which is quite high. It depends a little bit from country to country, but uh, for example, in Germany, it has several millions for, for um, companies. In the US, it's only 250,000 per company and per person. Um, for a normal person, that's completely sufficient, but not for a big company when you have a lot of, um, of turnover. So this is also a thing that if you see that one is running to the bank, the next one is running, and then you get into a psychological bank run, which is, of course, um, always a very, very dramatic situation for a bank. Okay, so that's for the US. Um, coming now to Credit Suisse, different bank, different continent, different situation. Here we have the issue that the Credit Suisse was in trouble now for, yeah, not only months, it is now years. They had um, a lot of scandals. They did uh, money laundering for the Bulgarian mafia. I mean, okay, also a business model if you want. Um, but um, their problems were a lot in the management area. So they produced a lot of negative news and that resulted already in Q4 2022 in very strong um, withdrawals from the deposit. Still everything okay, given the fact that they have a quite high equity share or had above 14% equity share, so still fine. But what then happens was that um, the SVB happens, so everybody gets nervous. And then there was um, investment, um, investment bank conference where the main investor of the SVB 
from Saudi Arabia uh, was asked, hey, just in case if there are troubles, can you put in more liquidity? And um, from a regulatory reason from the Saudi Arabian law, he cannot do that. He had already almost 10%. So you could have answered in the way, well, we really would like, but we have some problems here regarding regulatory, but no, what did this guy said? No, of course not, we will not do that. Yeah, not very wise when you have a financial market who's already very nervous. Um, of course, nobody paid attention to the fact that he is from regulatory reasons not allowed to do that. Everybody just heard, no, of course not. So this um, went into the direction that there were even more deposit withdrawals. The um, the equity shares, uh, not only so, not only the equity, but the shares at the stock exchange, they made like a free fall. And um, that's why they had to be taken over. Okay, so now we have three cases in the US, one case in um, Switzerland, and then um, you can feel, of course, that everybody is completely hyperly nervous. And then there is the case of, of the Deutsche Bank. And in the case of the Deutsche Bank, it is a little bit different again, because the Deutsche Bank does not have the problems with deposit withdrawals, also not from equity shares. So everybody was thinking, hey, what's going on there? And uh, we cannot see any fundamental reason. So from, from the balance sheet, everything is okay. But they had a restructuring program in the last years. They also had some not so good years in the past. And um, what we expect is that this was really an attack of uh, investors, of uh, hedge funds who bet against the Deutsche Bank and who had short positions and hoped to make um, here um, a big a big profit in betting against the Deutsche Bank. And um, that seems the most reasonable explanation for the equity share plump in um, on Friday, because when you're looking at the fundamentals, everything is fine. But of course, right now in this tense situation, financial market um, participants are not saying, okay, let's wait, let's, let's take a tea and think about it. And then we react. No, it's oh, the uh, one on the right is running one on the left is running. So let's run because if if you are not acting, then you are too late. And that's uh, always a little bit the tricky situation with financial markets. Okay, and I think that's the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And very useful to understand what is the background of each of those situations. Indeed, it is not all the same. But nevertheless, despite of the different backgrounds, I mean, are we talking here about a real banking crisis? Uh, was this something expected? You already explained a little bit that it should have been, at least should have uh, had some preparation somehow. But did it really catch us all by surprise? Yeah, I mean, some part of this could have been anticipated and some part not. No? So um, that's something that we could keep in mind. So when you're looking at the US with the Fed reaction to the high inflation, um, this is something the Fed has never increased so fast and so steep the interest rates before in the last 40 years. So I think that is maybe a little bit of a surprise. But I think 
at the latest at um, at the mid of last year you could have as a good risk manager thought about okay what is what is happening if they are increasing even faster and 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 changed your investment profile i think that's something that you could have done and therefore um, i say that's that yes it could have been anticipated that some banks have problems or, or companies and i think that's not um, a big surprise that's just pure macroeconomics that if for a, over a decade everybody was used to very high liquidity and extreme low interest rates and if this is changing then there are always people who lose and who are winning with this new situation savers are winning and all the ones who have loans uh, especially if they are flexible are the losers for sure so that's something that you could anticipate but what you can less anticipate is the psychological effect behind everything um, because I mean, the, the thing that the Credit Suisse now had these problems is something where you say, yes, there are fundamentals who were against it, but the main step who brought them into the big crisis was psychological speaking. It was this uh, investor and it was financial markets who made a big reaction to that. I do not think that this would have been the case if there were not the bankruptcy of SVB rights in the in the week before. Uh, and the same, of course, with Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, this is really purely psychological that somebody or some group is using this very high um, yeah, nervousness, the, the, the nervous situation in financial markets to try to bet against the Deutsche Bank without fundamentals being bad. So is it a real banking crisis? It depends. If everybody reacts calm, then it could be that this is the end or that maybe some other smaller banks in the US get bankrupt, but that's it. But if the panic is taking over, then we see such things as Deutsche Bank. Um, and of course, every bank, even the best bank in the world, if they take off all or out all with the deposits, then of course this bank gets bankrupt, even the best one. So it is a question of psychologically or psychology right now. If everybody stays calm, then it could be it. And if this nervousness gets around and, and spreads and financial markets go down, then we have a problem. But what we have also to say, um, everybody needs a bank more or less to, to work. So where should you go then? I do not think that this is an all over effect, but, um, but that the banks who were in trouble before could be more victim of these attacks than, than others. But, it, but some have to survive because otherwise we do not have a bank to, to work with. Right, so it's case to say, don't touch your money, keep calm. Yeah, that would be helpful, um, at least for now. And it depends also where you are in, in the US already. There were some new measures to, to insure your deposits even higher. And as I said, in Europe, the deposit insurance is definitely higher. So no reason to react right now. All right. Well, what does the Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank increase of interest rates mean? Was, was it a good decision? Yeah, the, the two central banks have right now quite a big problem because they are in charge, first of all, on monetary policy. And yet they have two different um, 
two different targets. So in, in the US, um, the Fed has two targets. First, price stability and then also full employment. In, in uh, Europe, it is only um, price stability. Employment is not an, a target, but also they are bank supervisors. So <laughs> not very easy right now in their position. Um, the Fed, I think, is quite clear that the interest rates were one reason why this crisis started. But um, what should the Fed do? That's the problem. I mean, look at the inflation. It is still very high in the US. It's around 6%. Um, so far higher than the 2% target. And if you are not reacting to it, then financial markets could anticipate, huh, so um, they gave up. So we should increase our inflation expectations for the future. And this means that inflation remains quite high. If you are thinking about, um, for example, um, if you are a landlord or landlady and uh, think about a rent and you anticipate quite a high inflation, you will probably already in the first contract implement rate or hikes of your rent so that um, you get the money and the, the value of the money, of course, the purchasing power of it. But this would mean that the one who has to pay it has higher inflation practically. So this is a self-fulfilling prophecy that comes up. Um, that's why I would say that um, the Federal Reserve and the ECB did well, the ECB especially, because here uh, we have to say that we do not see really that much bank risk because the, or the regulation around financial markets and banks is quite stronger, also still intact. And, um, and what would have the, the central banks done if the ECB would have said, no, I do not do that? So what you have to keep in mind is that this 50 basis points that they decided last week, um, was already in their communication before. So already in February, they said, hey, in March, we will increase our interest rates by 50 basis points. If they would have not done that, it would have been assigned to financial markets. Hmm, I think there is something behind it. Um, banking sector doesn't seem so healthy at all. Even the ECB is now not trusting its its regulation anymore. And then financial markets would have anticipated, I do not know what's going on. But just to be sure, be safe and take your deposits. So I think that in keeping on with their business, um, it is like the British say, keep calm and carry on. Um, the best way to keep also calm the financial market. I see. I understand. Well, basically, you almost answered the, the next question I had, which was with this scenario, where does inflation stand? But I don't know if you want to, to complete a little bit more around it. Yeah, I think that's something important um, behind the inflation that that is needed to understand what's going on, because um, you could say, well, inflation is not at 2%, but it is falling. So the inflation rate right now in several countries is decreasing. And you could say, yeah, we are on the right way. And we know that um, that monetary policy has quite a long time lag between the decision and the reaction really in the, we call it real economy. So this takes some time. So we could stop now and wait until it's the reaction is fully in place. Um, the problem behind that argumentation is that the inflation rate 
as the one that we are looking at is the yearly development or the the yearly percentage change between price level today and the year before if you remember how the time was last year 27th of of march when we are recording this um, it was really that energy prices yeah hiked extremely because of the uh yeah, start of the war in, in Ukraine. So prices were extremely high due to energy prices. Of course, this price increase is not there anymore. But it doesn't mean that our prices right now are not increasing or, or that they are decreasing. They are still increasing on quite a high level. This time, not so much from energy, but uh, a lot from, from food prices or other goods that become really expensive. So there is still this price pressure coming up, an unusually high one, but nothing compared to last year. And this is why, mathematically speaking, right now, inflation, the inflation rate will fall even if we have, on a monthly comparison, quite strong price pressure. And that could fool really some people who say yeah everything is fine no it's not fine it's uh, just not as bad as last year and uh, this is why the ecb and also the fed are still reacting to the situation could this be the beginning of an economic crisis what immediate and mid-term effects can we expect yeah uh, i hope that this question is not aging uh bad because <laughs> if i say now yeah everything is fine and then everything goes bust you will probably quote me a year later and say yeah do you remember this time when he said hey everything is fine yeah so i try to answer that a little bit more diplomatically speaking if we are looking at the fundamentals <laughs> i sound like in central banking I would say, no, we are not in, in an economic crisis. I mean, what you have to keep in mind is this saying, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. So when you, are, when you have this high inflation and you're fighting against this, there are always losers. And there are always, if, if you are growing, everybody remembers from the childhood, this is, there are, this is painful. This is not nice. Of course, um, people have problems and we see it, inflation is high, consumption goes down, growth is not the way that it was in the past. But I would not say that this is a crisis, this is an adaption process, who is not very nice for many, but for others it is um, quite nice. I mean, if you look at the savers, I am sitting here in Germany, we have a lot of older people in Germany who are still like old fashioned savers for the first time in a very long time, they get interest rates again. So yes, you have also people who are profiting from it. Um, it, it becomes a crisis if the situation turns into, um, yeah, into the panic mode, because if we have panic, that's always bad for financial markets. And we know from, from, um, the last time in 2008-9 that a crisis can start in financial markets and then turn, get over and, yeah, and contagion the so-called real economy because you do not have investment value and that people who are not the old school savers but invested on stock exchanges lose their money and have less, less savings from that side. So this is maybe how I would answer it. For now, it's an adaption process, but it can become a crisis if if panic's starting to go to go around yeah 
back to the same sentence, better to keep calm. Carry <laughs> <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The British knew what they what uh, is important. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for your valuable insights about the current banking turmoil and especially to help us understand what is going on really and not just get the you know the the false picture from the news sometimes that puts it all in the same bag. It's important to understand the backgrounds, the different backgrounds and that helps as not to panic and <laughs> calm, definitely. So let's see where it ends up. Christiane, thank you very much and hope to see you soon sometime for, I hope, not such a turmoil. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you very much to be having me. We would love to hear your feedback and thoughts for future episodes. You have been listening to the Phoebe's podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe. Thank you for listening. 